Times are hard right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, and we don't know who to turn to. Well, I know who I'm turning to in this time of darkness. The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda are back in our lives, and we should follow them into entertainment nirvana. To do that, Kyle and I have decided to go back, back, to Season 1 of The Mandalorian. We are Planet Fantasy, and this is The Mandalorian Season 1 Draft. to another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle kyle how's it going not bad man not bad how are you i'm doing all right ready for another draft to get one in the books this is going to be a very fun one i believe uh Mm -hmm. it's very topical i believe uh you know people kind of have it on their brains wouldn't you say i i would say so i think that uh yeah this is a franchise we have already touched on a lot in this uh podcast but it's mando season again so we're talking about the mandalorian season one but uh first we have of course our guest first time guest mr thad how you doing man i'm doing pretty well guys how are you guys doing great not too bad um i mean you know there's nothing going on in the world yeah (laughs) nothing not at all there's not like an election that we're waiting on the results at all you know (laughs) At this time, we're still waiting. Just a normal Wednesday. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so to entertain the people for their normal Thursday, to when they'll be listening to this, we have an awesome draft. Of course, like Kyle said, we have the Mando Season 1 draft. We're just going to be pretty much be drafting our four favorite slash essential slash most important moments of Season 1 of the Mandalorian. Right. So whatever we see, what we, you know, deem fit, we're going to be drafting. And uh, there's a lot of great moments to pick from. So I don't think any of us will be too mad. Sure. Uh, And Kyle, you want to tell the people our list game for the day? Yes, sir. So to determine the order this week, um, we're keeping it obviously Star Wars themed. So um, our list game is going to be the ABCs of Star Wars characters. I think, you know, last week was our longest list game yet. I think this will also be very, we can probably get some, uh, some good time out of this one. So Thad is our guest. Would you like to start with A and then we'll have Damon go with B and I'll do C? Oh, of course. I mean, I think A is going to be pretty obvious. <laughs> Ahsoka. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Boba Fett. Nice. Uh, let's go with Cassie and Andor. Ooh. Are we snaking? No, we're just going to go, yeah, just go right back to you. Okay, so D, D, uh, oh, Din Djarin. Perfect. Oh, that's a good one. E, um, oh, Ezra Bridger. Nice, perfect. Uh, let's go with F. Um, oh, Finn. Good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what? Uh, we'll go with Gunji. 
<laughs> I love it. Okay. Yes. Um, all right, I have H. There's a lot of great H's. I'm going to go with the number one, Han Solo. Hell yeah. Never a bad pick. Uh, for I, let's see. I'm going to go with my boy IG-11. Nice. Uh, I, I have to. It's Jar Jar. <laughs> K K. Um, I'm gonna go with Kylo Ren. Nice. Um, L. Let's go with uh, Lando Calrissian. Uh, M M. Uh, Mayfield. Oh, um, nice. In, in the Night Sisters. <laughs> um, I'll, no, All I'll come them. with the actual name. <laughs> All of them. Uh, oh man! Oh crap! In. Um, I'll give you five, four, three, two, one, and that's. I'm, time. I'm, I'm oh. just blanking. I'm blanking. What do y'all got? Oh man, Fran! <laughs> do y'all got one in the bank? Is there a prequel character named Captain Nita? I don't think that, that doesn't ring any bells. For some reason I'm thinking of Phantom Menace, and I'm thinking of someone named Nita. I don't think that's right though. Oh, oh, I'm going. Uh, Nia Nub. Oh, oh. Nub. That's a tough one. I would. That's a good one. Yeah, that might. That I can't think of any more. Oh, you okay. know what? I think I know which one you're talking about, uh, Kyle. He's isn't he, he the uh, the uh, he's a Jedi, right? Nian Nub. No, uh, Nader. Oh, oh, Nader. So that Daisy Nadal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking Nita. I thought he was like maybe a uh, like a captain that was working or that was part of um, Queen Amidala's guard. But there might be a Jedi oh, too. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so Wikipedia says Captain Lorith Nita Let's go. was in uh, Empire Strikes Back, was captain of the uh, Star, Dor- Star Destroyer Avenger, oh, killed by Dark okay. Vader. Gotcha. And then, yeah. That's a tough one, though. Um, all right, so I guess that takes it to O? Yeah, O for Kyle. All right, let's go with... Ooh, another tough one. Uh oh boy, Thad's about to win right here. Five seconds. Uh let's Three, go with two. I got nothing. One. Uh, uh so uh, can you think of any Thad? Uh yeah, I think Kyle is gonna kick himself with this one. Obi-Wan. Oh my god! Oh shit! Wow! I think sometimes you get so far into deep cuts, you're just like missing the very, very obvious things right in front of you. <laughs> the one is standing right there, man. Uh, I apologize oh. to Mallory Rubin. <laughs> okay, Thad. All you got to do is come up with a P. Oh, a P. Um, that's an easy one, though. Poe Dameron. There you go. There we nice. Go. I was, you could go with Padme, you know, there, there's some. All right, sweet. So, Thad, you win your very first list. Yes. Congrats. I love it. <laughs> so, you get to pick the order of this draft. 
All right, let's go. Well, you know what? I want the first pick. Okay. Respectful. And then we'll go Kyle and Damon. All right. Okay. I'm okay with that. Sweet. All right, then, Thad, you have the first pick. So you start us off with the number one most essential, important, favorite, awesomest part of season one of The Mandalorian. I am going to pick the introduction of the Darksaber. Mm. That, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just leads into so much for season two. Yeah. I mean, you can really uh, get into the Filoni-verse, and it's so much history behind the Darksaber. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, that was my number one pick, too. Uh, it definitely was. Because <laughs> for those reasons right there, man. Uh, I love the Darksaber. It's one of the coolest things, I feel like, in the Star Wars universe. So to bring that live action was so amazing. Yeah, I first off, like Moth Gideon is a really just fascinating antagonist. I really love what they set up with him in season one. We don't see much of him, um, and then him, yeah, busting that bad boy out. I was like, oh my god, I'm already so intrigued. But this is just another level um, because, like, to my knowledge, now you guys know. Clone Wars and Rebels a lot better than I do. So I think this is correct. The last time we saw the Darksaber, it was with Bo-Katan. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's just really interesting of like how that ended up with, with him. Um, but I, yeah, I, I can't wait to see how that kind of uh, turns out in season two. Um, but just even just on a visual level, like it just looks so damn cool. So him just busting that out is just, ah, I love it. Oh man, yeah. Like, it, I mean, it really just when I saw that happen for the first time, I got so giddy. I was like, "Holy crap, they're doing yeah. it! Like, they're bringing stuff like this right. in, you know?" And of course, with the with the title like the Mandalorian, you think they might would bring some Mandalorian lore, but they're actually kind of light on it throughout this series. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a lore that we're not very familiar with with the Mandalorian. Like in Clone Wars and Rebels, we, you know, we have the the Mandalorians who are more, yeah, they're, they're, they're very kind of to themselves, but you know, they're known and there's a lot of them. They're, they're very proud people and they don't have the helmet role that uh, these Mandalorians are very, very keen on keeping up with. So there's a lot that we don't really know or see in between these series and what's happened with the Mandalorians. So like you said, but the fact that the dark saber has changed hands and is in Moff Gideon's hands, probably most likely from the purge. It would be my mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. Um, I I just it opens up so many ideas and so many possibilities of maybe flashbacks to all of that and seeing what can unfold. What what else? What did you want to say about that scene, uh, Dad? Yeah, I think the one your your initial feeling when you see the dark saber is like, oh no. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, the dark saber. And then like, <laughs> oh no, what happened to Bo? <laughs> because this, that's true. The history of the dark saber is kind of not looking great for Bo right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like normally you have to kind of off the uh, the old holder of the dark saber 
to get the dark for favorite. the most part not not necessarily but i mean you know uh sabine had her hands on it there for a while you know she technically gave her gave that's it true up. yeah so there's a there's a chance maybe maybe i mean we know Bo supposedly in the show right or was that just rumors uh it's hard to know what's been rumors and what's been confirmed. Um, we're going to get into season two after this draft, but there's a very big thing that happened at the end of season two, episode one, that I didn't know was a real thing. I thought it was a rumor. So, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, Bo yes. could very easily show up. I think it's very possible. It seems like the creators are, you know, not, not to, to tangent into season two already, but the creators are very confident, right? I mean, they killed it with season one. So I think that they're going to really start going into, like Thad said, the Filoni-verse and really pulling from, uh, you know, like Rebels and Clone Wars. So I think the possibility of seeing Catan is is very high at this point. And I mean, Katie Sackhoff looks like her for the most part. Yes. She, she said she wanted to do it. So hopefully it happens. I loved it. <laughs> um, but that's, that's such a great pick, Thad. I'm mad that you got it. That was what I wanted. But there's plenty to go for. So. Yes. Fantastic first overall pick, that. Um, so I believe that would lead us to Kyle for his first. All pick. right, yeah. So uh, Thad, like Damon said, kept, Thad kicked it off on a really high bar. Um, I think mine was probably what got to be the dark saber as well. So I'm glad that we're all getting to talk about it. Uh, I think for this one, I'm going to go. You know, I have a lot of these picks, and I'm trying to go in a little bit of like a timeline. You know, episode to episode. So I want to go with this one as my first pick because it immediately just kind of sets the tone of what the show is going to be like. I remember watching the show and just immediately like falling in love with it with in the first episode with this moment. So this is kind of like the opening scene. Um, Mando arrives to collect a bounty. He's uh, he's collecting this bounty and this fight breaks out. Right. And he basically, you know, picks them off one by one. There's like three or four guys he's fighting. And uh, the moment in particular I'm talking about is this guy who's running out of the, the cantina and he shoots out his uh, his grapple at him and just drags him back through the door and the door just chops this dude in half. Uh, I was like, my mouth was open the entire sequence and I was like, this is what they're setting up for what the show is going to be like and I am a thousand percent in. Um, just setting it up immediately as like this Western, right? You know, it's set in this cantina. The Mandalorian shows up as this like gunslinger type character. I love it. It sets the tone up, like I said, perfectly. Um, and then you get the, obviously you get the fun back and forth between him and his bounty. And that's always fun, but just that opening scene really just, I, I loved it. Yes. Thad, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, that, o- that opening scene is just boom, like right in your face. And mm. like you said, it's a Western, you know, it even gave you like the classic Western, like catchphrase, just like I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> it's like like very western, very quickly. And then right. you got the fights and then the bounty and then you're you're just kicked off. That's it. Yeah. Yes, like if if you know, if there was like a class, which I'm sure there is on like how to do first scenes of like a pilot or first you know episode of a show this would be one of them to show like it sets it up so well like you see what kind of fighter and person mando is real quickly he's very resourceful 
quick on his feet, has a bunch of gadgets that he uses very well and efficiently. Um, he's such a badass. And, like, to do that very, like, quickly and first to get us into the action and get us, like, ready was perfect. Like, perfect idea, executed uh, perfectly. Um, I remember watching that the first time and just being like, okay, so this is what they're going to do. This is what this is about. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, to you know, watch this space cowboy collect his bounties. Right. And then they changed it up on us a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but, but, you know, we all, we all know how that happens. It, it happens. Um, but I really kind of like that deep fake, honestly. Like, with this first scene, it shows us, like, okay, this whole show could kind of be like this. We're just going to go from bounties to bounties, seeing really cool adventures. And then we get introduced at the end of this episode to the child and everything yeah. changes. But this scene was, shows us exactly what Mando brings to the table. And I love it. For yeah. That. I've been, I've been playing uh, a lot of like kind of old video games on, on the PS4 and I, I picked up uh, star Wars bounty hunter a couple months ago. Yeah, dated as hell uh the graphics are not great the controls are not great but it's like i mean it's just like being in the world of this show and it's like what you're talking about it just you go around collecting bounties it's fun as hell and i remember i started playing that really shortly after season one ended because like you said we take a bit of a swerve so we don't get to see all the time like what his day-to-day -day life is like and i'm okay with that because i love the way season one shaped out but yeah the way that this sets up just like also like all the credit in the world to Pedro Pascal for, you know, it's not easy playing a role like this when you're not showing your face 99% of the time. Um, and so the fact that he immediately sets up like who this character is, it's all in the voice really. Um, I love it. Yeah. Thad, like you said, the line, you know, I can bring you in warm. I can bring you in cold. Him saying that line, I'm just like, Ooh, this guy's such a badass. So yeah, I, I love that, that scene. And like you said, you know, the fact that it's like a, really perfect like western yeah. kind of scene like the music sets that off perfectly you know the really like the weird like little clicks and the the very very subtle minimal sound yeah it's perfect such a good I, score. I love it it's, oh man fantastic um such a great pick right there man i dig it so i believe that would bring us to my first pick right. on the turn um so i can't go with my first choice but my second one is there so we're going to be going from the first episode back to this to the very last. Okay, we're talking about redemption, and um, I'm talking about the scene where they're in the mm. lava river, and uh, they're essentially they're surrounded by the troopers on the outside, and so Ig decides to sacrifice himself. He tells everyone that he's going to go and self destruct, so they can they can get out, and it's just so touching because you see Mando. Like you just said, Kyle, that, you know, Pedro does his acting so much with his voice and we hear it crack actually in this instance. Like, you know, you like, you, you can't do that. You don't have to do this. And like, he's like, and he's like, you know, you don't have to be sad. And he's like, <laughs> man, it was like, I'm not, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm a nurse droid. <laughs> I read your, your voice. I know what, like, don't lie to me, bitch. I know. And it's just like this, the, the it's just like this little so tender and like so heartbreaking but but warming at the same time and then to see him just you know float away and then to say i have myself destruct and just blow him away it was, it was just i love that because it shows us the character development that we see 
how much Din Djarin grows from episode one to eight that where he hated droids. He wanted nothing to do with them. And we see kind of why in the flashbacks. But to go from that to him, you know, being truly saddened that he was losing someone who, you know, he really was pretty, pretty much seeing as a friend at that point. Uh, doing that was touching. So that has to be my yeah. first pick. Sad, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I think in that moment when you see the growth that he's gotten, <laughs> like you said, IG calls him out on it. And just like Mando was really having a, uh, I'm watching a rom-com alone in the movie theater moment where <laughs> where he's tearing up, basically. You can't see it. And IG's like, I know you're crying. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's just dusty. It's dusty in here. Shut up. <laughs> it's like, but that's the growth. And you're really, oh. it's really earned from episode one to the season finale where you see that. And it's like, wow, you're, you're growing. And this, the child has really softened you. And giving you a bigger perspective of like, okay, maybe I don't have to shut myself off from droids, from other people, from, you know, from accepting other people's help. Right. Yeah, I, Damon, this is a great pick. Just because like IG is a really fun droid. He's a great addition to the the cast. Um, Obviously, Taika Waititi, like providing the voice. I think he also directed the finale. Uh, but yeah, the, the character is really fun. Um, I, I like that the self-destruct thing is like kind of a running joke throughout the season. Um, and then it ends up becoming the thing that saves them, you know, at the end of the this this episode. Um, so yeah, like like all the things you guys just said, the fact that Din Djarin starts out the season absolutely hating droids. Um, and then he you know, in a scene prior to this really has to trust IG to save his life. And then, yeah, like, like you guys are saying, he's like, I'm a thug. Like, I'm, I don't care about this. And they're just like, no, <laughs> you're crying, man. Like you're sad. <laughs> I, I love that. It's such a great evolution of like their dynamic and their relationship. Um, so yeah, this, and it, that even bleeds over into the, you know, the season two premiere, we get to see, he's softened a bit on droids and I love that exchange too with Amy Sedaris's character. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a great pick Damon. This is certainly one of this was one of my picks, but I, I love it because it's just, it does what a lot of great star Wars content does best is gets us invested in a character that we don't really know much about. I mean, a droid can only do so much as far as like getting invested in it. Um, and we, you know, we were actually like emotional when this droid is dying by the end of the episode. So I think that that's a, an achievement in and of itself. It really was. All right. So that is my first pick. And now to my second, um, I don't really know what I would call this pick. I guess it's going to be the, uh, the reveal of mm. Gideon of Moff Gideon. So you have it where the client sits down with grief and uh, and a shackled Mando and Kara. You know, we get a nice talk from good old the client, played by uh, good old Werner (laughs) Herzog, um, about the comparison of imperial rule and uh, what people thought life would be like after the revolution and what it was and what it is. And, you know, is it is it really is that what they wanted? And, uh, you know, 
just just essentially just being like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side and all that jazz. And, you know, I could listen to that old man talk about anything. It, he's fantastic. And so, you know, we're getting that. Um, he wants to see the baby, of course, but then he gets a call. And of course, uh, while he's taking the call, we have Mando slipping his cuffs off, getting a, a blaster from uh, Grief. And the call is from Gideon, who's on a little hologram call. And he asks him to check the baby, check for the baby, make sure he's there. And he's like, because I don't think he is. And then really, there's not much time at all in between when there's literally blasters just just raining down on them through the windows. Um, and so it pretty much takes out all the troopers in there and everybody, okay? And what we get is a shot of what well, we, they get to look out. And it's pretty much a... a Correct me if I'm wrong, but a bunch of yes. death troopers, correct? Yeah. Yes, it's a lineup lineup of death troopers, and they're just just ready. And uh, then we get a, a nice transport coming out, and a bunch of other uh, stormtroopers lining up. And then they're all just w- kind of chilling. They're just waiting, right? And uh, while this is all happening, uh, let's see, we're getting flashbacks and forth, right? From getting, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. Oh, okay. And then we get Gideon, of course, to land with his TIE fighter, right? And he pops out and he just looks so badass with his armor and his like, just, he was made to play, play assholes and bad people, I feel like. Like, he just has that, like, that smug look of, like, of disdain. Like, he's so much better than you. And, like, even his walk, you know, to, to there was just, like, perfect. It was just like, yes, I, this is what I need to be doing. Um, and like, you know, and then he, he kind of talks about how what they're in possession of is something that they have no idea what it is. Uh, it's something more important to him than they'll ever know. And during this, it's flashing back between Quill trying to get back to the ship with baby with uh, baby Yoda. And of course, there's a couple speeders that are coming after him and it's flashing back and forth. So it's building nice tension as Gideon's giving this uh, talk. And then unfortunately we see at the very end that baby Yoda's snatched from the ground and then we get to see yeah. the dead quill. And that, that's one of my, my that's my second. It's, I mean, it's a great scene. It's a great, you know, villain intro. Uh, we, you know, Giancarlo Esposito, you just said it. He is like born to play these kinds of roles. Uh, obviously he's iconic as Gus Spring in Breaking Bad. He's, um in his very limited screen time in the boys you know seasons one and two he's great uh and yeah as soon as i heard that he was going to be in the mandalorian i was like that perfect you know he he brings just such a level of like gravitas to the role um and you know getting getting his introduction was really crucial because we again like Werner herzog was kind of like the i guess antagonist up until that point but we really didn't know at that point what was going on why these people wanted the child and him, you know, arriving on the scene, I think it helps with like the TIE fighter. It's a great, you know, entrance. Um, but, you know, him arriving on the scene and, and starting to, uh, what's the word, monologue as only Giancarlo can. He's got that great kind of theatrical voice. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a really, really killer introduction to this character. I'm so intrigued to see, you know, more of him in this season. But this was a really, really great start. But uh, Thad, what do you think? Yeah, I'm Giancarlo. I'm I actually had a late start on him because my first introduction to him was in Community. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I actually went in a weird direction with his career. I actually saw him right. first in Community, and then I saw him in Breaking Bad, and it's like, oh, these are not the same guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. No, not at all. Like he's playing his in Community. He's playing almost an old racist's butler, almost. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and yeah, pretty and much. then in Breaking Bad, it's like, oh no, you're not the butler. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's a terrific actor, and there did, you know, like you brought up with Quill, I mean, that is a great way to get you to hate him right away. Mm. Yeah. It really is. Quill, I hate Quill was like a sneak attack kind of favorite character of mine in season one. He's just so lovable. I mean, you you guys listening can't see, but my name on Anchor is Quill. I just, I love this character. He's, I mean, it helps it is Nick Nolte, but uh, yeah, I agree with that. Getting, you know, I think this is the same episode or maybe the episode before when Adam Polly plays the stormtrooper that like hits Baby Yoda. Um, so like... <laughs> Those are the two things that can get me to immediately hate a character on this show is doing anything wrong to Baby Yoda and doing anything wrong to Quill. <laughs> so <laughs> that happening, I was just like, yep, this guy's the worst. I hate him. <laughs> you know, and like you said that uh, you, you feel like the child being introduced to uh, Din is kind of what helped him kind of change. I feel like, honestly, Quill yes. is just as important to, you know, to meeting him and actually spending time with Mando, like, really kind of showed him just how selfless and care, like, care, caring you can be and how, you know, how peaceful Quill seemed to be, you know. You know, and I guess Dan could kind of saw, like, what that could be like, you know. I felt like Quill and, and the child both played a very important part to uh, to Mando's um, Yeah, uh, you know, the uh, Quill says this line to Mando, when uh, Mando just just like, I don't trust this droid. Going back to IG, and he says he's a nurse droid now. And Quill looks at Mando and says, "Do you trust me?" And Mando's like, "Yeah." He said, "Well, then trust my work. He will not harm the child." Right. And then, you know, I guess that leads into the uh, one of the previous picks where it's like. Yeah, he's very sad about about IG. <laughs> yeah. Very, very much so. Um, but yeah, I just thought that, like, you know, getting us an introduction of possibly pretty much the first antagonist of The Mandalorian, I could see him being, like, a running through, essentially maybe through, I don't know, season five, maybe? Who knows? Like, he could be a very, very important part of this, or he could just be a very a decent part to a much bigger stepping stone, you know, going to going uh, forward, which who knows? That's my favorite part about this show, guys. Same. I have no yeah, idea I love where that. they're going. Not one bit. But alright, so that, those are my first two picks, guys. Uh, the IG Sacrifice and Moff Gideon's intro. So we're going to be bouncing back to Kyle all right. for your um, second pick. So uh, sticking with um, episode one for my previous pick, um, I'm going to bookend it. You know, I, start, I started with the opening scene, and now I'm going to go with the the ending scene of this this episode. Um, 
we've already talked about, you know, the way that Mando uh, has this kind of budding protecting relationship with the child. But, you know, I, what I love about this reveal, so I'm going with, uh, I have it here in my notes, it's just Mando finds the child. Um, basically, you know, what I love is like leading up to the release of this show, the marketing really kind of leaned into what we've been talking about, like the Western aspect of the show, kind of like the gunslinger uh, aspect and going into the show, I was just expecting, okay, this is going to be a, you know, bounty by bounty episode, you know, I mean, uh, season, you know, each episode is just going to be him picking up a new bounty and, and we're going to get to see what that's like as a Mandalorian. I was hyped. And then this real, like this curveball happens, right? He, you know, he finds his, his, uh, his job, his bounty, and it's a baby, but it's a baby that looks like Yoda, who, you know, up till this point, we have only ever seen one other character who looks like Yoda. And she has, I don't think any lines. Uh, she appears in like maybe two or three scenes in Attack of the Clones. Um, <laughs> yeah, we love you, Yaddle. Oh, Waddle. Uh, but I mean, that it, it, this was such a shocking moment. And this is, you know, it's, it's hard to think about a time before baby Yoda ruled the world. Um, but you know, there was a time when that wasn't like an immediate, like, that's such a cu cultural touchstone now, right? Like you can say baby Yoda to anyone. doesn't matter if they've never seen the Mandalorian, they will know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so this was such a shocking moment. And then I love, I love just from like the composition of the shot of the scene to just the way it plays out. He, you know, he sees that it's baby Yoda immediately just shoots ig11 you know we're talking about their relationship this is before they're on good terms but just immediately without hesitation shoots ig and already you can tell like oh okay this is going to be a kind of a lone wolf and cub story like i love that he makes that split decision and then the rest of the season is about the way that their relationship kind of evolves and he has this real he just he protects baby yoda throughout the whole season obviously baby yoda can hold his own as we see later on but um yeah, this was just, I remember, I loved the episode. I loved, you know, I loved everything about the episode. And then this happened. And I remember being so taken aback and so shocked and being like, already trying to think of like, okay, how old is Yoda? And when does this take place? And like, you know, we know that Palpatine had a granddaughter at like how old? So I'm like, what what's going on right now i was just so confused but it opens up so many possibilities and again you know the season one has ended we're into season two and we still don't know you know like where he came from like how he came to be in that place where mando found him why uh moff gideon wants him so i just i love this ending because it really sets up the season in a nice way of like damon like you said like we have no idea what they're doing next and i i love that yeah, I mean, you like you said, we have no idea what is happening. And I love the uh, the little E.T. moment that they have together. <laughs> at the yeah, yes. I think it's the closing shot, too. Yes. Just that little E.T. moment, and it's like, oh, they're bonding. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you need, just that little moment. And then I mean, that's what they say. You know. <laughs> it's that unconditional Mandalorian love. Um, I like. I personally love this scene because it really just sets the tone for the entire rest of the season. 
like we we like we said we've been saying we had one idea of what was happening throughout this first episode you know before the previews and everything and then honestly guys this like people talk about like plot twists is this like the best plot twist that's ever happened at the first episode ever because it yeah it's the pilot and they immediately just like it's a real left hook you know it, it really is like truly i don't know if i can think of anything that early on in a show uh, okay other yeah. than perhaps game of thrones uh season one ending you know at the second to last episode that perhaps would maybe be the only thing i can think of that would beat it or maybe but yeah i mean it's it's seriously such a twist so early on it just throws us for a loop and but like literally we just grab on and latch onto it because they know we love cute little babies. And baby Yoda is the king of cute little babies. So yeah, yeah. They killed that one. <laughs> I, I I can't say anything. Yeah, else and thank about goodness that. they went with that version <laughs> of little baby Yoda instead of the other markups they had for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that thing's creepy looking. oh man. No, they they nailed this one perfectly. Like every time you look at him, he's just so cute, and his his ears are always moving up and down, and the big eyes. Um, Baby Yoda is is just it, he's perfect, you know. And yes. I cannot I wait wonder, to hear him talk. I would love for his first word to be just something really random. I was actually talking earlier about this with uh, Nadia, and I think it would be hilarious because we still don't know his name. You know, I feel bad even calling him Baby Yoda. That's technically not really correct uh but you know we don't know his name yet no. i would love if just we learn his name in like season two season three and it's something super ordinary like frank or james like i would laugh so hard uh but yeah he still hasn't said a word um but i just yeah i mean he's such an important part of this show you know it's it's funny i saw a tweet earlier where this guy was like, I wonder how mad Pedro Pascal is, you know, when he was thinking he'd be the lead of the show and everyone talks about Baby Yoda more than he does. And Pedro replied and he's just like, I don't care. I, I love it. I just like being a part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he literally covers his face the whole time. I don't think he's, yeah. he matters. You know, I don't think he cares. You think he's perfectly I think fine, he's just you know, glad that he, his character it. so far is, you know, making it out a little better than his character in Game of Thrones. <laughs> so far. That's why he, he learned. has the helmet on. No one's crushing his eyes. That ain't good. No. Not one bit. <laughs> uh, yes, that, that honestly, I feel like that had to be one of these draft picks. So thank you for that, Kyle. That might be the, the most important mm-hmm. moment of the season. So... Aces. Uh, Thad, you want to throw us your second pick? I'm very glad no one picked this one. I am going to go with uh, episode four. The introduction of Cara Dune. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I, you know, you first see her, and you're like, okay, is that that Gina Carano? (laughs) Like, like, okay. Well, she's, is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? And then they start fighting. Oh no. <laughs> and then, you know, another uh, little baby Keith moment where he's sipping the bone broth and it's like 
Like, okay, they're talking. It's like, okay, we can trust her. We can trust her. She's not going to try and hurt little baby Keith. They're they're good. They're good. But then as the episode goes on, you start seeing, okay, she used to be a shock trooper. Mm. They're doing the, uh, you know, the training montage now <laughs> where they're training the villagers. She's got, like, some actual chops and... Mando tosses him, tosses her, sorry, his expensive special gun to take down the walker. And it's like, okay, they've got it. I hope I see more of her. Yeah. Are we going to see more of her? And then it's oh, yeah. the perfect introduction to her. Yeah, I, I agree. Damon, what do you think? Yeah, so this is one of the, you know, this isn't the first character we've been introduced. Uh, you know, of course, we have Quill, but Kara is, of course, you know, a going towards a, a recurring character. I feel like she's definitely going to play a big part in season two. Um, but this is a really good intro because we get to see her kind of throw down a little bit with Mando. We get a little a little action, but nothing serious. We get a little comedy with, with little baby Yoda with the child, the the <laughs> meme. The, the best meme, uh, such a good meme right there, so good um, and then Kara's just kind of very, she's warm but kind of guarded, you know it, it's kind of like this really, she's very charming but also like secretive it's a really good blend and G, uh, Gina does a really good job surprisingly, you know, I was very impressed, I really wasn't sure what we were getting uh, from there, but I have to say really good character um you don't let us know too much about her, but we get to, you know, we get a sense that she's a shock trooper. And so we see that she's very skilled in Mando. It, it seems like as we see throughout the season, Mando is never one to, uh, what's the word? Um, hog the spotlight yeah. or hog anything, really. If people can take care of themselves and help him, he will let them do it in a heartbeat. He is never one to, to be selfish. Um, and so I always like I you know I almost kind of ask like why was he such like a loner to begin with when we first meet him because he's so good at working in a team like really well working in a team we see like throughout especially this like training training all the villagers and working with Kara trusting her in that aspect I I love it and so I, I really like this pick um, Kara's great I I I really want to see what they end up doing with her. In later later episodes, um, I, I think there's a lot that they can do. I really want to learn yeah, even more about it. Uh, so what do you think? It's a us? perfect introduction, just like we talked about with with Damon's pick of Moff Gideon. This, you know, right away kind of sets up um, who she is. Uh, she can certainly hold her own, um, and I think that the whole season really is about, like you said, Damon. Like Mando is surprisingly just a really great like team player, um, and. There's a there's an immediate amount of like respect between Mando and and Cara Dune. Like I think he realizes right away this is someone who, like, is very capable, very you know able to to hold her own. And I love this episode. I also just really really love it. It's a fun, you know, homage to uh, Seven Samurai. I really love the village aspect. I I want to see Mando uh, come back to this village eventually because we saw he was thinking about. Um, leaving baby Keith there and uh, and he had that that connection with the the lady in the village um, I ship it but 
yeah, I mean, Kara is, is such a cool character. I agree. I, w- I wasn't sure how to feel about Gina Carano playing her, and I you know didn't know what to expect, but she, she really just knocks it out of the park. And, um, yeah, I love their d- dynamic. He, you know, immediately calls on her in the finale to help him with this final thing when he's going to help Grief Karga. Um, so you can tell that they immediately have that, again, like that bond because they both just respect each other and even you know towards the end when he's telling her to take the child and and to leave him there's there's you can tell there's a connection there she she's very uh hesitant to do that and very you know opposed to that so i i think we'll see uh plenty more of her in in this season and future seasons um i want to learn more about her about her past as a shock trooper but yeah for this introduction it was a perfect way to to get to know this character I feel like Kara was a good way to show us how Mando views other people as far as like soldiers and like people like in yeah. his, you know, kind of field um, warriors. Like, I feel like he has a very good eye for people who are good at what they do and also kind of have like some sort of moral code almost. So this kind of seems like he was, almost has like a sixth sense and he shows a very big sense yeah. of respect towards those people. So it's almost like a, like a soldier's honor. And, you know, going back to what you said with Kara being a little more caring than Mando, I think one of my favorite parts of that episode is when they first see the, the walkers prints on the ground and they come back and Mando's like, well, you guys got to (laughs) move. And she and she just looks at him like, "What? What the hell, man? Like, where's your bedside manner?" I just yeah. love their little like comedy interactions. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Yes, they're good cop, bad cop. Oh, such a good pick, that. So, so you gave us the intro of the dark saber, and then the intro of Kara Dune. Uh, what's your third pick? Are you introducing another uh, one for us? I'm not going to introduce anyone this time. But I'm going to go with kind of a question that I think a lot of people are thinking about. So, in episode six, the uh, the prisoner, mm. we see, or we're assuming, he has a relationship with Sion. Yes. Where, I want to see this past, but... How does he have a relationship with Shion? <laughs> like, does the helmet stay on? What? <laughs> exactly. A lady never tells, as she tells us. <laughs> so, I mean, unless she tells us, or Mando tells us, and we know he doesn't like to talk. Um, I don't <laughs> know. I think that's never getting out, man. I mean, but that was, that's really my one of my favorite things. Uh, it's just that that episode as a whole, but then that one question for me is just like, wait, does he? <laughs> like, what? Because I think it's Mayfield that asked him, are, did you guys? <laughs> so I just love that, like, it's almost like a running gag now, where it's like, does he always have the helmet on for, <laughs> for, for everything? Like, really? Like, Wow. So 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 this is your 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 third pick. This the the sexual innuendo kind of 
Yes, it is. Mando I'm very interested life. in this. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, you know, I, I can respect sure. that. Because, I mean, we all thought about it. We definitely did. I, you know, I, I think Mandalorians <laughs> just do hand stuff for kissing. You know, there's no kissing. Oh, just hand welcome stuff. to Planet that's, Fantasy, that's where we call him Baby Keith and talk about hand stuff from the Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great pick, though, because I like, I mean, don't, don't pretend we weren't all thinking about that. Like, yeah. And I, so I'll say, too, oh, this 100%. in general is my, oh, like, so far above. Yeah, it's my favorite of the season. I love a good so prison break good. episode. Bill Burr is hilarious. Um, I forget the, yeah, he's, he's great. I forget the, the actress's name who plays Jean, uh, but obviously our girl Tonks and, uh, forget her character's name from game of thrones but she is just dancing across all our favorite franchises and she's great in this episode she has a real harley quinn energy that i like um and yeah man i i, I love this pick bad because like, again we're all thinking it and it's just like there's such a question mark there of like what happened that like what how does that work and i love how uncomfortable he is with talking about it and like even when she's introduced he's just like oh shit like this is this is not good i'm just focused on the mission i don't want to talk to you but yeah this is this is a really fun pick because it is it's a huge question mark and i i'm hoping uh so correct me if i'm wrong does she is she dead by the end of this episode because i know clancy brown's character dies That's true. Yes. Yes. They're all in the. He leaves them all in the prison. That's right. Okay. Okay. So definitely potential for her to come back. I hope we see her and Bill Burr again, um, and her brother. Uh, So, I mean, I I love a I love a Twilight spotting anyway. But you know, yeah, that that is a great pick because it is a question that I know we all had in that episode of just like. How exactly does that work? <laughs> for one, I cannot uh, blame Din for thirsting after a Twilight. Okay, can't blame him at all. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, like you know, I just feel like it's just helmet only. I feel like that just has to be what's going down. Like it's just a, a helmets only kind of thing on on the heads, you know. Just. Uh, <laughs> Just gotta wear protection, and gotta wear helmets. They're good to go. <laughs> and I think the Mandalorians are good to go. I love that he also kind of treats her like, oh god, like he just saw his ex at a wedding. <laughs> just like, oh no, there's my ex. Oh, Shion's yeah. here. Oh, <laughs> for real though. Like, how do you not right. bet which team you're working with, man? Like, yeah, could even ask who the crew is. Right, like who you're even rescuing? I love, I love to the end now. of that episode after you're all the shit that he gets back and gives the little uh, knob to to baby Keith, and he's just like, "Told you it was a bad idea." <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> yes, and it, so it, like it, it tells us like, right. okay, so apparently at some point he had to have talked to baby Keith and was like, For "Yeah, sure. I don't know, yeah. but like I, don't, I think this is going to go south." <laughs> So I, I love that. that th- this is a really good pick because like, you know, I thought about that even before, like in the, the mm. episode four, actually with the villager lady, you know, I was thinking like, you know, it seems like they want to kiss. Like they have, the, they have this moment going on, but like 
he can't. He just can't. Like, even if he were to take his helmet off and, like, so he can do it without anyone seeing. But if he were to do it in front of her, even if no one else knew, he his freaking pride and Mandalorian selfness would, like, he would have to ban himself. And that's just stupid, man. Like, right. just get your kiss, <laughs> put your helmet back on. And He's got no the pretty else. woman rule. Like, no kissing on the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's the so pretty Mandalorian rule. Oh uh, yes, I, I that 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 yeah, is yeah. a fantastic pick. I, it really is. Um, thank you for that. And that episode needs to be talked about for sure. Hopefully, maybe there'll be another pick for it. So, okay, um, Kyle, that brings so, us around to your uh, third pick. I guess I'll just go ahead and go with this pick while we're on it. Um, this one is from episode six uh, from the prisoner. Um, like I said, I just really love this episode. I love a good prison break and I love, you know, with all of them, they all go South at some point. And so this pick is when it goes South, you know, Mando gets locked up by his team. He can kind of gets, uh, uh, he, he gets, uh, they turn on him. Um, and so he, this is this, this moment is after he escapes and then, you know, as much as we can tell with the mask on is having fun, just kicking ass and taking names because it's all droids. Right. And again, this is, he does not have a great relationship with droids. And so him just picking everyone off throughout that hallway in particular, um, I'm a big fan of daredevil. I love a good hallway sequence. Uh, obviously this, this doesn't really meet that as far as like the way it's shot. I think that the daredevil hallway sequence and season one is, is unrivaled. Um, but I just love this sequence because there's a couple points in season one where we are reminded of like just how badass Mando is. You know, we see it early on in season one, like I mentioned with my first pick. And then, you know, we kind of get a shift and he's being a protector and he's getting his ass kicked by, I forgot what the, the creature is called in season or in episode two. Um, Yes, he's, he's getting his ass kicked by that. And, you know, it's Mumble. like we don't always see, like, why he's so revered in the bounty hunter community and why he has such a uh, reputation. And we're reminded very quickly in this episode when he is just, like I said, just, like, taking people out one by one and uh, essentially just, like, you know, he, he had a bit of a setback when they tricked him and, and locked him in that cell. But he is, like, immediately just like, all right, all right, time to time to get what's mine and just kind of just moles through all these people. So that's that's my third pick, just Mando's – I call it Mando's hallway slaughter in The Prisoner. <laughs> yes. Well, I like to call yes. it the, uh, the Mando predator scene. Oh, yeah. Because he started just hunting them down and it's oh, so I, creepy. That's the perfect uh, way to describe it, the predator Mando. scene. Uh, when he's just – slowly coming up behind Mayfield and the lights are blinking and you can just <laughs> yes. yes and you can just see so it happening and then he almost feels Mando behind him and he just screams no <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well done like the red I feel like that red was such a great choice <laughs> As like the warning, like oh crap, you know, is there a prison break? There's a lockdown. It's like it was so creepy and eerie, and like just going back and forth, and like 
like, oh man, that scene, and then his fight with uh with home yeah. dude with the horns and bringing the door down on him, uh, just brutal. Like, I love that this this episode. Um, I felt like every episode of the Mandalorian had its own separate kind of vibe, yeah. and I loved that for the Mandalorian. And this one was definitely like horror, like horror, scary movie kind for of sure. vibe set in a prison break episode. So I, I love that kind of twist on the uh, very common trope of the prison break and really kind of turn it on its head. I, I directed love by, I believe, so uh, Deborah Chow, too. So and, uh, she directed, I think, like maybe three episodes in this season. Um, and I, as far as I know, she's been tapped to show run for the Kenobi series, which is really, really promising because, yeah, she just hand, like you were saying, like the creative choice of the red. I mean, it's all shot so well. So if, if she's in charge of like some kick-ass action sequences involving Obi-Wan Kenobi, I am so hyped for that. I okay. think they said Kenobi might be filming in March. Like, hesitantly, I don't, don't anyone take my word for that. And even sure. if they did say that, yeah. it can change in within the next day with everything going on. So, yeah. Um... Any last words about that scene, guys? I mean, that that episode, like you, uh, Kyle, you said that's your favorite episode. It it might be mine. It's definitely up there. Um, the fi- the the shooting is like sure. the filmmaking yeah. of this one is is top notch, just hands down. So, um, all yes. right then. So that's your third pick, Kyle. So that'll bring us to mine. So let's see what I have. All right. So for my third p- pick, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with the mud horn throwdown. So, like, like Kyle mentioned in, in the uh, second episode, uh, the child, right? Yes, child. Uh, we get Mando who kind of crashes and, and everything. And uh, well, what happens is his is uh, his ship essentially gets picked apart by Jawas, and uh, that that's a really fun scene on its own. You know, we won't talk too much about that one, but. Uh, it has uh, some really fun parts and essentially he has to go to Quill to help him out. And so Quill goes and travels and to meet him, the Jawas to help uh, mediate a, some sort of a peace treaty, so to say. And it, it gets a little rough there for a while. Mando tries to set him on fire and eventually what they want is, is a big ass egg. They want some food. Mm, um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, they want some uh, Zuka, is what they call it. Uh, and so they want this from uh, this egg from a mudhorn, which is this bad motherfucker. And so uh, they they take them all, and they they go find the mudhorn the mudhorn's hole, and uh, Mando tries to fight it right, <laughs> and it doesn't go so well. Like he gets thrown around okay um he loses his gun um and then while he gets popped the mudhorn actually tries to chase after our our baby keith right and that's no good thankfully mando pulls him out of the way and he knocks mando a good one (laughs) again like mando's not looking so well here um let's see finally he he looks out of it dazed and confused um, he's kind of on his knee. He pulls out a, a dagger as the Mudhorn gives him another another chase. Um, he, at this point, Mando's just kind of sitting there, just kind of hoping that the knife yeah. is going to stick in him and he won't get trampled. 
but like pretty much like feet away before this happens, we see baby Keith, who's very, very concerned, put his hand up, close his eyes, and do a do a little force. We'll do a little force move. And the Budhorn is raised from the ground and is just confused, trying to trying to run. And and Mando is just so shocked and surprised, watching in awe as as this this Budhorn that was about to trample him and pretty much kill him is, is just in midair and he looks to see baby Yoda and it's just just this so weird and shocking moment that the fact that oh wow baby Keith <laughs> has the force holy shit and then then the essentially the mudhorn drops just as Mando stabs him and he does and he's good and the scene ends so the Mudhorn Throwdown. It just it it it's a great intro to show us that Man, that uh, Din is not able to win every single fight he's in. <laughs> Actually, he's a bit clumsy sometimes. He, he kind of gets his ass handed to him a little bit here and there throughout this season. He's not always kicking ass, and I kind of like that. It shows that he's not invincible. It shows him that he's not like the best the best fighter or anything. He's just very resourceful, and he gets shit done. Um, but I like this, that he was very out of his element and he was pretty much going to lose. And then we get baby Yoda, baby Keith, the child, whatever you want to call him, uh, using the force. Like when that happened, like, I know, I, I, I know, I'm sure we all were like, okay, is this going to, is he, we weren't really sure if he was going to have the force. We weren't really, we don't know anything about this species, this race. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, it does. He does. They have it. We're getting some Jedi stuff going on. And that, once again, opened up what could happen in this world, in this series, even more. Um, and I, I kind of liked this, like, each chapter, just each episode kind of just opened up the world just a little bit more, just opening up pages, just spreading it, getting it ready for that full Yeah, universe. this is a solid pick. So, I, that, first of all, just love, like, the design of the Mudhorn. Um I'm sure we'll touch on this a lot once we get to our 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 season two episode one thoughts because there's a great great creature in that episode. But uh, the Mudhorn is so just fun to watch, and I think like Star Wars has such a fun array of like different creatures. Um, and this is a, yeah, this is the fun pick because you know season one. I mean episode one really kicks it off on a high bar, and then this episode it takes the energy down a little bit because you're not you have questions and you're kind of just seeing like the fallout of him deciding to to save the the child and so uh this scene is like a really just fun kind of um aside from that almost uh and yeah i mean i i I agree i had the same thoughts i was like is is the child force sensitive is it not you know how does that work and i think that the show does a really really good job of balancing when to bring in the classic star wars stuff that we all know and when to do its own thing. So, you know, the child isn't like using the force at every point. And I like that it happens very sparingly. So when it happens the first time, it's a really great kind of, you know, jaw dropping moment. Um, and yeah, I love this scene. Like I said, the Mudhorn is just a really cool like creature. I'm glad that we got to see, you know, the exchange with the Jawas too. Obviously I love me some Jawas. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a great scene. Dad, what do you think? Yeah. I, I love this scene. Like you said, it it showed you that he wasn't invincible. You got the first episode where it's like, okay, this guy can handle himself. He can he can dish it out. 
you know, he can take a little punishment too, but it was not looking great for our guy Mando. And that armor was not holding up very well. <laughs> and No, this is actually because he didn't have it all built yet. You know, he was in right. this little shitty ass. Yeah. Yeah, like, he didn't have the XP needed Rena to ar- upgrade his armor yet. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. But he yeah, once, mission. once uh baby Keith uses the force or the magic hand thing, the uh you really see like okay, he needed help with this. But I really like that after he uses the force, he just passes out. <laughs> He's just like, yep. I'm still a baby. I'm fifty <laughs> but I'm a baby. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, like he's not invincible. That. He immediately just goes to sleep. <laughs> oh man, um, that's actually like my favorite part of uh, the scene in the in the reckoning mm, yeah. when like the fire trooper, the flame trooper, comes in, and like, he's he's about to you know burn them all down, and, and Baby Yoda's just standing there and uses the force to blow it back at him. And like he uses it big time, and he just stands there for a second. He's <laughs> right. like, okay, sleep time, and just. Just clocks out. Bam. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love. I just love seeing uh, seeing him use the force, you know. And like, like you said, he is a fifty-year-old baby, and so I have like, just how does their race age? Like, you know, that was one thing. Like, people talked about consistently through the first season of the Mandalorian, and even after. Like, what what do y'all think? Well, I mean, probably, do we, do we how, know how, do you how think old Yoda is throughout the series? I want to say they said yeah, he was I think over, he's over 900. If I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. So it's just, it's honestly just so hard to pinpoint. Like, you know, with uh, using another example with like something like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, we see, we kind of get it in reverse, but we get adult Groot and then we get, you know, baby Groot. But by the time Infinity War comes out, that's like, what like two years after the events of volume two and he's already like a teenager so that's another case but like with yeah baby keith he's 50 years old and he's still like a a legitimate baby so um it's really interesting to see how that works i wondered if we might get like a time jump to season two i'm glad we didn't because i like that the action is still you know right you know right away and it's immediate but I'm wondering if that might happen in a future season. If we get a big time jump and we see the progression of like the baby growing up, I'm, I'm not sure if that'll be the case, but it would be really interesting to see like an adolescent of this race and this species. So if we get rid, so if he finds baby Yoda's people, True. I don't think we will see baby Yoda grow up. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll have baby, baby Keith for a couple seasons as a baby. Which, because that's what people want, and then I think we'll see him find his people, and then maybe get like another big second arc from there. Like maybe Mando has another big mission to do. Maybe mm-hmm. like he has to go help Ahsoka take care of some shit. But or if he stays with Mando, I definitely right. see a time jump of some sort. I don't know how far though, because like I feel like we'd have to go pretty far to get any significant growth. From baby Keith to be even a kid, <laughs> Keith like a teen Keith. Yeah. 
that would be like another 150 years. And then in that case, it wouldn't really at, at work. Least, because, I, don't know. I mean, this is still the that's Mandalorian, a- so we would lose our main character. Or maybe he would just be old as hell, you know? Uh, so also, I was talking to a friend about where they might take, you know, the child, where he might go. And he was just like, this is so morbid. But he's like, what if the show ends and Mando drops him off at the Jedi Temple and then Kylo Ren just destroys the Jedi Temple? And we're like, well, bye, baby Yoda. Like, oh, my God, that would be horrible. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that that's that's a lot of theories that I heard was like, you know, baby Yoda is going to like eventually become a part yeah. of the first Jedi, like, yeah. You know the Jedi trainers, and of course, right. you know what happens to them. <laughs> not, not good stuff, you know. <laughs> no. It's not good to be a youngling, it's really not a Jedi youngling around uh, <laughs> around these Skywalkers. No, um, you know though. Actually, you say that though. Mando could get old, but I also like the theory mm. that the Mandalorian is actually talking about Baby Keith. I like that a lot because he's going because, to you know being, by the end of the show. Uh, Din Djarin gets that new signet um, of him and the child. So, yeah, I, I love that that could be passed down to baby Keith. That would be really interesting. That'd be so cool because then when you, mm. we could get yeah. like another Mandalorian Jedi and like that could be like maybe the way to tie their cultures together once more and like maybe never be enemies again. Who knows? Like, yeah. I really just want to know what's going on with the Mandalorians right now. Like what happened? Who hurt them? Like we know who hurt them, but like how bad, like for them to never want to take their helmets off. Is this like Mm -hmm. a different sect of the Mandalorians that we've never met before? Why do they not know anything about the Jedi? Like a ton of questions. So a lot of questions, (laughs) Um, but we digress. So many. Um, and it's kind of cool because I'm like, okay, if they don't answer any either, because like I'm just 100%. cool with going on yeah, adventures I, I with, with Mando doing, and, so and Baby Keith. They can answer the questions but I have. They can, you know, throw in Ahsoka in the next episode, or they could just do what they're doing, and I would be perfectly fine. I'm I'm in for the long haul. Yes. All right. So, real quick recap, guys. Uh, I went for my first pick with IG Eleven Sacrifice and Moff Gideon's introduction, and then the Mudhorn Throwdown, where we first see Baby Keith use the Force. So, to round up my last pick, let's see oh, what no. I have. Okay, guys, y'all aren't gonna like this one very much. This is going to be the very first scene of Episode Eight: The Redemption. Um. And it's where the speeder bikes are finished uh, collecting baby. Don't Yoda. you dare say it! And they they stop <laughs> right outside of town. Wait. Oh no! Don't you dare say it! Say what? I I don't know. What, I I'm say, I'm just saying what happened in this scene, and it was very very bad things that happened. Okay, and it's very sensitive things, and that's not why I pick it. But I, I just think it's such a funny scene in between yeah. the terrible because I believe you said it was yeah. Adam Polly, uh, Kyle, Adam Polly and Jason Sudeik. That's such a pairing, especially because like bef- I didn't even really know who Adam Polly was. Yeah, like I just recently watched uh, Happy Endings. Dude is hilarious, and Jason Sudeik is just, he's great, you know. So like having them just kind of shit the shoot, like see this really little small clip of mundane life as a 
trooper after pose like after the empire's fall you're just like pretty much a hired gun at this point you know so seeing them talk about how like gideon just like kill people for you know to make a scene and how he like that's just kind of a thing mm. that moths do just and they're so nonchalant about it and and then like how one of them just you know takes his blaster out to shoot at that little like <laughs> that uh engine part and just keeps missing over and over again it was so good and then the and the other guy's like okay okay i got this and takes his gun out and starts missing too it was just icing on the cake like i i love when shows and especially franchises like this are able to take those little small slice of life moments like it, it just really really grounds it in reality even with how absurd this whole universe is it really is like it really pulls you in and and then of course towards the end of the scene you know um after baby yoda bites one of them uh ig pops <laughs> on up and tells him to stop that he's a nurse droid damn it and and he serves him up some nice dro- uh, nurse ass kicking and i i just love that scene for just all no, of it other than other than part. the very violent <laughs> parts that we won't talk about yeah uh you know so i do like that they've got some some comedy roots in there. It's I like that they can poke a little fun at themselves and you know, cause they, they know it's like what I think it's what we all think of when we think of the star Wars and just, it's basically a money machine. Like let's think of the cutest character and look, we can, you can build a bear of baby Keith. Now, <laughs> you know, I think they just announced that you can build a bear Mando now. But, you know, it, everything is just marketing, oh, marketing. Of course, it's a great story, but, you know, you have to, like, if you've got something like Baby Keith, you want to be like, hey, you know who wants some Baby Keith in their lives? Your kid. They <laughs> want Baby Keith. And here is a life-size Baby Keith, and it's only for fifty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Maybe you want to get four of them. But it's great that they're able to just take this little symbol and they're like, you know what? Let's screw around with it. Jason Sudeikis, what do you want to do? I want to punch it. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right, go ahead. We'll film it. We'll see. Oh, my God. I'm not sure that this happens if it's not Taika that's directing that episode. That's true. Yeah. Taika has that almost twisted sense of humor like if you've seen what you do in the shadows like it's got that real twisted sense of humor where it's like he would be the one to be like you know what punch him (laughs) i'm sorry what you said to punch him just punch him yeah (laughs) i love it yeah brilliant idea Oh, like I was really taken aback when they did that too. Though I was like, "Wow, they like I get, like just shows like how the fact that they don't even like re- like for one, they don't even know what it is. So like they just see it as like a literal creature, you right. know? They have like they have no cares or qualms about it at all. So just shows you how indifferent these troopers are. Um, but man, just brutal like that, that yeah. like running punch just. And he's just fine though. He knows you know? that he knows that I G perfectly fine in that bag. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I love the scene too. I think that so I'll just say it right here. 
maybe like top five SNL skits ever for me is Matt, the radar technician, um, Adam <laughs> driver, you know, it's such a funny concept the undercover boss. Yes. Thing. And the reason I love that so much is that it does, it does like the mundane life of a stormtrooper. and this scene too. Yeah. It's so funny. Just like they're, they're able to poke uh, fun at themselves a little bit with the missing the shot. And I, yeah, the, the concept of like a day in the life as a stormtrooper, especially after the empire has fallen is so funny to me. Um, like I said, that yeah, if you're if you're listening, you don't know what I'm talking about. Adam Driver uh, hosted SNL way back. I think it was like when The Last Jedi came out um, and he did this skit where he basically did Undercover Boss, but it on was. the sorry, on Starkiller base and Kylo Ren becomes Matt, the radar technician, and is trying to find out what the stormtroopers think of Kylo Ren. It's it's just fucking hilarious and uh largely due to Adam Driver. He's just a really funny actor. I think a lot of people don't realize that when he's in roles like Kylo Ren, but the dude, the dude is hilarious. Please check out What If, if you haven't seen it. I'm not a big fan, but he's hilarious in that movie. Um, but yeah, it it's such a funny scene because other than the, the real brutal part, <laughs> um, it's, it's just like the day in the life of these two troopers. They're bored. They don't really want to be there, you can tell, but they're just like kind of passing time and no two better uh, actors than Sudeikis and Polly. They're really, really funny together. So that's that's a great pick. Yes. All right. That that covers my four picks it. for season one of The Mandalorian, guys. I think it did good. Uh, Kyle, you want to yes. um, give us so a rundown of your first I three picks with, and then um, throw us your fourth? The opening scene of the series with Mando facing off against these guys in, in the can, cantina and and literally chopping the dude in half with the door. Um, I have uh, the ending of that episode where Mando finds baby Keith and uh, the bond is formed. Um, I had the, uh, the scene from the prisoner, a favorite episode where again, Mando is just kicking ass and taking names in the hallway. Um, kind of a, the predator horror scene in that episode. Um, and then for my final pick, I'm going to go with one from uh, episode three. Uh, the sin you know this is i think this is a big turning point in the series we've already seen that mando has kind of formed a bond with uh with baby keith he's seen what his abilities are like and then this episode really brings it to a head of where or how far his morals will stretch is he just you know cashing in for a job you know he brings the child back to to Werner herzog brings the child back to um his his client and at the beginning you're like holy shit is this the last we see of this character, this, this baby? Like, is he really just going to give him up? And then you get the heartbreaking scene where they're wheeling or pushing the cart away. And he's like, he does this little like cry. Cause he's like, you can tell he's not in good hands at this point. And you're like, well, damn, like, is he really just going to give this kid up? And then you get this, you know, really great arc in this episode of him, um, catching in you know his reward and getting the new armor and you get a lot of great stuff about his past about the mandalorian culture and he finally you know has this crisis of conscience and realizes like i can't you know this is just this poor this innocent uh creature this innocent child that i've just given up to clearly nefarious people who do not want what's best for it and so he goes back and and saves the child and then the moment in particular that i'm talking about is right at the end when he is trying to get away with with baby Keith. He's he's infiltrated and he's uh, talked to General Pershing, and kind of, we kind of get what they're trying to do with it. And he takes the child away, and it's kind of stuck because Grief Karga doesn't want to let him leave. Um, and then 
an amazing moment happens where his tribe comes in to save him. It's such a cool moment, right? We get to see, we've gotten, again, like glimpses of the different Mandalorians, glimpses of what, you know, what they look like kind of in action. We've seen obviously Din Djarin kicking ass and uh, that's kind of all we've seen in that aspect. And then we see all these Mandalorians show up to help him. And it's such a badass moment. We get to see just his tribe coming in clutch. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's like one of my just highlights because it's so it's, it's almost like a, an end game portals moment, right? You're just like waiting. You're like, Oh God, how's he going to get out? And then on your left, right? Like <laughs> these, these Mandalorians show up and they, they come in clutch to help them. And again, it's cool because you get a look at what it looks like with these different Mandalorians, how they fight. They're all the different gadgets. We haven't really seen that to, up to this point. And it really just, Damon's been saying, like, it's the, the culture of the Mandalorians and, like, their past is so fascinating. And the show really doesn't go into that a lot. I mean, it goes into it sometimes, but we don't see a ton of them when it's not related to our main storyline. And so seeing this happen is just, it's such a fun kind of, if this show was being shown in a theater, I feel like it would have been a big, like, you know, applaud, you know, cheering moment in the theater uh because it's just it, it's it's such a fun clutch moment and again you get to see all the different mandalorians and how they utilize their their weapons and stuff so that's that's my final pick yeah it you know yeah, i just love such that a good pick what do you think with about all the guy? mandalorians coming in just earlier in the episode you saw that they were about to kill each other with their vibro blades They were just, they were literally had knives to each <laughs> yeah. other's throats. Uh, Mando was probably going to lose that because he didn't upgrade his armor as yet. Right. Really dumb to pick a fight when you're like on the one yard line of getting your new armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, it's like the Seahawks. Go Patriots. The you know, not great for us right now, but you know, instead of just we live. Oh. <laughs> but you know, really dumb decision to pick a fight right then, <laughs> like four seconds before getting your new armor. Like she's literally welding it like two feet away from you, but he decides to pick the fight then. But you know, just they're a they're at their throats then. And then at the end of the episode, they all come through for him. And it's just, you know what? That That's the way. This is the way. This is the way. It's the perfect description of that. It's like, you know what? I hate you, but I'm going to ride with you. Right. Yes. I mean, that really speaks about what the Mandalorians are about. You know, like... They like it's, it's also, you know, you see Mando, uh, you see Mando talk about at one point he can't let go of his. Oh, it's in uh, episode two mm. when uh, the jaw was telling him to drop his weapons. He's like, This weapon is a part of me, it's a part of my religion. Like, that's fact right there. Like, they are warriors that is in their blood. Uh, they grow up fighting and training, they're so skilled, they're skilled to they're trained to kill, you know, it's just part of their culture, and so like. And a big part of it also is to be there for each other. They're, you know, they're very tribe, tribe-like, you know, they're very family oriented. And and so it's great to see that, that happen, you know, for them to come to his rescue, even right. when they were not 
okay with each other at first at the beginning of the episode. But what I loved was just seeing all of them on screen in a live action setting with all the jetpacks and all of them in their armor just going ham. And like I've wanted that ever since I watched uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. Like the Mandalorians have always been so cool and such a cool race to me. Like, you know, like I said, they're these warrior race. Uh, um, and like their armor is amazing, their weapons. And when the Dark Saber was introduced to me, I fell in love. So I, I love when that was introduced. But like this scene, when it happened, it was like, yes, this is what I wanted. Uh, the, once they were going to do a Mandalorian show, this was one of the scenes that like I dreamt of. And so to see it happen was a dream come true. So amen to that. Um, it was just beautifully shot, uh, especially after such a fun breakout scene you know him rescuing uh baby keith that was a fun scene on its own right um he just kind of tears through him you know he's on a mission and especially because like you said the whole build-up of the episode was just him like thinking about about baby keith like trying to do his own thing but like you could see he's like his the wheels are turning um and we knew when baby baby keith was introduced he wasn't leaving he was not leaving the show that soon so like the whole episode we were just like okay come on now when are you gonna go get them when's it gonna happen all right there you go good shit and then like oh no crap he's he's cornered he can't get out and then as people come that that was just a great like yes at the bottom of the ninth inning base is loaded there you know there's no hope Uh, i think that they're able to get it great final love that pick man you want to break us break down your your first three before we get your your final pick yeah, sure. All right. So my first pick was the Dark Saber. The introduction of the Dark Saber. My second pick was the introduction of Cardoon. And my third pick was kind of the question of the season. Uh, does Mando keep his helmet on for everything? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. What I mean, you're asking is, does Mando fuck with the helmet? We did. Yeah. So my final pick is we did. also going to be a little out of the box. I love a good... I love things that look great on screen. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. Uh, John Favreau. He's got he's got a he's got a cooking show going on. Mm. Yeah. He had that movie Chef. And yeah. I love that he's made and put in some actual effort into making a lot of the things in this show. They just look delicious, man. <laughs> so that's my pick. Just all of the <laughs> edible, delicious food-like things in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Like the mudhorn egg that you talked about. It looks the like a giant Cadbury egg. Of The Mandalorian. <laughs> like, when they crack that thing open and they're, they've got their hands in, it just looks like that goo. That's, yes. That's in the middle of the Cadbury eggs. Yellow gold. You know, like Spotchka? Uh, you know what? Give me some Spotchka. It looks great. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the Spotchka. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there's always one pick in every draft where where I just never see it coming, and this is definitely it. But I love it. Um, and now I actually kind of well, want to you know go what else watch the season again. Uh, the calamari just to look flan. At the food. What episode is that in? That is in episode one. The calamari flan, what we find out, is the Mon Calamar. It's their <laughs> currency. That's right. Yeah. And it looks literally like yeah, what I, okay, that's right, yeah. calamari flan would look like. <laughs> it's very jiggly. It's got like a little... And you know what? It does look like flan. And, you know, a great very, flan yeah, is gelatin. just... Delicious. So you know, I'm interested in eating one. Yeah, you know what? If it's a flan, I'm willing to try anything. Type. You know what? Give me some blowfish. I'll eat it. Give me some calamari (laughs) flan. I'll eat it. I'm willing to try it. It looks great. I can't argue with that. I'm with Damon. This is. Not at all what I expected, right. especially for the final pick of like the draft. But this is such a good pick because you're right. I mean, I so I do love the movie Chef. Uh, John Favreau similarly just makes everything in that movie look absolutely delicious. Um, big fan of that show that he's doing, and yeah, and everything that's edible in this show does look really good. And that's not always the case with things in Star Wars. Like I'm having flashbacks. Yeah, the, the blue milk. I'm having flashbacks of old Luke. Drinking straight from the teeth in uh, in the last Jedi. <laughs> Not a fan. Like I don't want that. I'm good. You guys can keep that at Galaxy's Edge. Um, but I I love this because yeah, you're right. It does look like a freaking Cadbury egg, and I I would maybe try a, a calamari flan. Like it's just it it all looks very appealing. Damon and I did a episode a while back about what fictional universes we want to live in. And I, we touched on the, the Star Wars universe, and that was one of Damon's picks. And uh, this would certainly be part of it, like getting to try all these weird, weird dishes. But they do. They look really appealing. So what a what an outside-the-box but great pick. <laughs> I mean, what kind of bone broth is it? <laughs> right. A, a... That's true. Pork, Brett bone broth. Is it one. like a nice like Ewok <laughs> bone broth? What are we talking about? <laughs> pork, pork, maybe, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. That's I feel like true. they'd have tiny bones. Uh, you'd have to kill a lot of pork to make that a really good bone broth. Yeah, that is that is raising interesting questions. Hmm. The sure. questions <laughs> that are are coming from here. This I love it. Well, that that is that that pick is my favorite pick of the entire draft because I love food and I love drink and you know watch it with I, some I just Cadbury eggs. Rewatch the show now, so <laughs> anything that can do that, I'm always down for. Um, I if if we do, we don't have then, those. They're do not we? in New Orleans. I've never I'm seen sure. one. Oh, wait, what? Does... What? I've never seen a Cadbury I mean, egg. I already that, have a huge so. reason to move to Canada because of what's going on this week, but maybe Cadbury eggs is another reason. <laughs> oh, I, I I, am shocked by this revelation. 
Wait, are they banned? Wait, no, no, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Cadbury eggs are banned in America. I'm, I'm, I I thought it was just something we just didn't have, but now I'm really intrigued as to why they're banned. What? Since when? This, this is a, this is a shocking turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I mean, well, like I said, I've never seen one before. Interesting. From what I, from what I can remember, if you're I've listening to this one. and you live so, in America and you've eaten a Cadbury you know, egg, please let us know. We're dying to know. Or, or apparently, at least uh, from what uh, I'm reading, they are Cadbury eggs, but they're like made differently, or it's like a different brand. So, like, they're like, not, they're yeah. not the real ones. Ah, uh, yeah, it's like different chocolate, of course. That well, I mean, that makes sense but so it's not the same well there you have it it's a very different crack cadbury cream egg <laughs> so that's what okay, there we go yes. cracking cases and solving stuff <laughs> we're the hardy boys well I we're think, the mosby that, boys that does our draft guys uh, how do you feel about your your picks all right guys. Um, I'm very happy with mine. I only got didn't get to get one, and that was because I, it was yeah, the I first like overall the pick. All shaped so out. I'm very happy. Um, we managed to style. cover most of the episodes. Uh, I want to say too, just on a general note, like I think the season I have a least favorite episode, but it's like still a really good one. It's the one with the other bounty hunter, and I still really like that one. But I think the show is super consistent so far. But we managed to cover you know most of them. Um, I love, yeah, both of your lists. I would say Damon from your list. My favorite pick is probably IG 11 sacrifice because that's, that was definitely on my list, uh, at first. And it's a great scene. I love a good, you know, character sacrifice at the end of the season. Um, just really, really great scene. And then Thad, yeah, man, I've got to go with your final pick with the, the food and drink of the Mandalorian. Cause again, it's, it's a very outside of the box pick, but as soon as you said it, I was like, damn, he's right. Like I do want to try all of that. So yeah, for sure. Yes. Uh, my favorite pick from Kyle's got to be uh, Mando finding the child. Death, like I said before, it might be the most important scene of the entire series. Maybe like even like after it all ends, that might be the one, you know, looking back. Um, and then from that, I love the food and drink, but I got to go Dark Saber because the Dark Saber has my heart. Like, like the elation I felt when that showed up, I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. And yeah. then look over it's at my roommates, changer. just like, what, what's going on? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think my just favorite picks from fantastic. you guys uh, were... What about you, uh, Thad? I, you know, I'm going to have to go with IG Sacrifice. IG Sacrifice. I mean, like Kyle said, it's just... It's, it's, it's the moment right at the end, and you really feel like it was earned. Yeah. Like the emotions and just, oh no, he's going to do it. He's trying to talk him out. It really was. It's getting dusty. And then he does it. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get the sadness. And then, I, you know what? So I really do love that Mudhorn battle. It's an underrated pick for sure because I I didn't even think about that. Mudhorn you know, battles I finished fun. my rewatch really, really recently, and that's early on in the season. But 
yeah, Damon, that's a good pick because it's it kind of it's a bit of like a flex on the showrunners' parts. They're like, we're gonna give you this really great season, this really great kind of lone wolf and cub dynamic. We're gonna give you a great story arc, but we're also gonna flex a bit and show you how you know how well we can design this mud horn and how you know cool of a scene we can show you with this. So it's it's such a fun kind of world building uh, scene. That's a great pick. All right, guys. Well, we all did, a, I think, a decent job at, a, at picking our drafts, and we'll find out at some point who we think is had the best draft uh, after some polls and, and asking everyone. Uh, feedback, everyone. Let us know who you think won. But uh, do y'all want to do some yes. real oh, quick yes. uh, spitballing about Season 2, Episode 1? All right, guys, so. Here is our spoiler warning. We will be talking about season two. I don't know why you haven't seen episode one yet. I'm sure you have. Feel free to keep on listening. If you haven't, yeah, go watch the episode. Go. Okay. All right. They're they're gone. All right, guys. For everyone else, you know what's up. Wow. That was uh, yeah, a I very love this good episode. First episode. I want to. What keep, do y'all think you know, about? Again, like I was talking with my picks, I want to keep it kind of in in order but like this episode just comes in hot i think the season one had a great opening sequence this one does too i love the idea of like an underworld kind of fight club sort of thing um mando mando kind of he's got a little bit more sass in this season i think you know he the guy's like uh i think he says something like uh let me leave or i'll or any, all three of you won't die. And the guy's like, I didn't take you for, or I thought you weren't a gambling man, uh, Mando. And he just goes, I'm not. And just erects all of them, right? So great opening uh, scene, but this is a great way to start the season. I'm glad as much as we talked about all the questions we had from season one, and especially with Moff Gideon and the Darksaber and all that, I'm glad that the this season did not rush to answer a lot of those. And it didn't rush to, address a lot of that right away we get a classic like damon you were talking about how each episode kind of has its own thing going we get a classic kind of like almost like a spaghetti western again like an adventure story in this episode and that was such a cool move from them um you know i'm impatient in general but i was glad to just be able to sit back and be like okay i, mean, I know they're going to answer my question soon right now i'm just going to enjoy more mando content in general but really uh, and we'll get into a lot, but I just I think this is a really solid start to this season um, and kind of what we're going to be expecting from new characters. Obviously, we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? I I loved it. I mean, you know, it went right back yeah, to what we said like... about the first episode of season one, the immediate Western vibes, the immediate Western vibes. And then, of course, the title is called The Marshal. We don't know who the Marshal is, but it's, uh, you know, spoiler alert, for some reason, if, you know, <laughs> you haven't watched it, it's Timothy Oliphant, a.k.a. Raylan Givens. Yes. It, it's a perfect pick. I, you know, I know some people are kind of upset that he keeps getting cast in Western-type shows, like, justified and deadwood but it's like he's just built for westerns 
Yeah. He really is. Like, he just has that I kind of like that vibe. Just general, he just gives out that yeah, aura, as soon as you know? he showed up, it, it especially let's talk about the way he's introduced. I mean, he walks into that cantina with the the Boba Fett armor. And, you know, I was watching with some friends and and the guy next to me was just like, holy shit, is that Boba Fett? Like, what is going on right now? Uh, And, you know, we see kind of how that plays out. But I would say, I mean, there's a lot to like with this episode. I would say Timothy Oliphant, for me, just straight up won the episode. He is the true highlight. Just he's just, I can't wait to see more of him. Obviously, we leave on a note of like, we're going to see more of him for sure. But He's he just absolutely stole the episode. He really did, and you know, like it was interesting because, like, I was getting a lot of like Kara Dune vibes as far as like the introduction. Like, okay, this is someone who we're going to know and get to know, and they're going to be back. Like, they're going to have an importance in some way for this season, or at least down the road, you know. Um, and like I said, like with the in the similar way that Mando yeah. acted with Kara, yeah. it was a very similar way he acted with with Cobb Vanth. I believe it was what his his name was, the Marshal. Um, like you know, he at first he was like, "He's not. I'm getting that armor. Like we're throwing down. I'm I'm killing you. I'm taking that armor. and We're done." And then like as soon as like an alternative was presented, he was like, well, "I'm down. I'm down for that. I'd much rather not kill you because it seemed like he was able to." to gauge who Cobb yep. was as a person. And he had already ran his approval check, you know, it's like, this guy's all right with me. And, and so they go from there throughout the episodes, like, you know, just kind of like understandable. Like they, they had this very like good, solid, like kind of um, meet like the strangers in the desert to help us save each other. Kind of chemistry vibe, you know, like we don't know, yeah. we really Our don't know each other, but like, at this instant, we're right. we're you know we're brothers almost. Um, exactly, exactly. So I really love that dynamic that they created between the two in such a short amount of time. And like you said, I mean, he he did win this episode. He was Timothy Elephant. Elephant is just was so charming as the marshal, um, and mm, he was just fun, yeah. you know. Kind of, he was riding yeah. on the freaking turbine of the of the pod racer. Y'all saw that? Like that was uh, that was legit. He was wearing Boba Fett's armor on a freaking <laughs> speed bike made by, with a turbine of uh, freaking and of uh, Darth Vader's pod racer. Like that's legit. Oh that, my that's god! Really, really so cool, cool, dude. I what I'm did y'all think fan, about the crate you know, dragon? As, as we've talked about before in this pod, and I, it actually took me a minute to realize that that is something from I think it's the first Kotor game. Um, but it's also the exact, it's call is the exact noise that old Ben mimics when he's trying to scare the Tusken Raiders off in, in the original Star Wars. But the way the crate Dragon looked was just so goddamn cool. You can tell they've got that Disney Plus budget. I mean, it, <laughs> it looked incredible. It was such a fun addition. And again, it's like this fun kind of adventure story in this episode. Instead of dealing with the, the questions we have, they're like, no, we're going to give you this really awesome monster that they have to deal with and them teaming up with the tuscan raiders i mean that was awesome um yeah the crate dragon just it looked so awesome yeah oh i love that i mean i 
you know, it's nice to see that the what Tusken Raiders did you like can be reasoned with, and you know, they're actually kind of reasonable. Very much so. Like, I really love the humanization that this show is giving to the Tuscan Raiders. I feel like this is a very overdue kind of yeah, thing for those the, guys. They've been really shadowed throughout the, uh, <laughs> especially by Anakin throughout the series. But, you know, it's like <laughs> the uh, the signs, the sign language In the is yes. fascinating. So interesting. How does Mando know this? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like he's you know he's been out and about throughout the planets. You know, I feel like he's had to out of necessity. You know, to be able to to do stuff like this. You know, in case he needs a to trust. You know, yeah, that transport. Was, that was a really cool stuff through I saw, lands. I read something. That I, it the, just kind of makes sense. Uh, I don't know actors who played the Tuscan Raiders. I think it was they either hired someone or like the actors who were playing them. Uh, were deaf and were teaching ASL to Pedro Pascal and teaching it to the basically the cast. And I love that addition. I think that the authenticity there is really cool. You know, and I really, I, I hope this is like kind of like a yeah. gateway to seeing more aspects of other racist cultures, you know, like, for sure. Being more yeah. of a, like Twilight culture and maybe some hut culture going down the road, you know, who knows? Because um, like like TV shows allow for that, you know, that time and that that kind of uh, not meaninglessness, but almost that right. like just not as important things to happen. You know, movies, everything has to have a reason. Uh, TV show, you can put those little those little world building parts in just because. It, it helps. It builds authenticity. So mm -hmm. I think that goes a really long way. I think the crate Dragon guys might be the best looking thing the show has done. Like it looked fantastic. It looked so real. It looked like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. Like that's what I was thinking. It had given me, given me super like T-Rex vibes. Um, so what was oh, y'all's favorite I mean, part or favorite Thad, thing from this think? episode? I think a lot of people will say the end. Yeah. But I think I think my main question is something that we talked about uh during the draft <laughs> is his first reaction to the marshal is, "Oh, you took your helmet off. You're not a real Mandalorian." What is going to happen when he runs into if we do see Sabine? That's a great point. I haven't even thought about that. Ooh. Right. Maybe that's where we find out. I, like, Bo-Katan, she also, and, you know, like she's a Mandalorian Mandalorian from Mandalore. Like, and she frequently takes her helmet off. Right. Well, well, like I said, uh, I don't. I honestly, like, that point, was yeah. never part of their culture. The the whole taking their helmets off. So that had to have happened since since right. Rebels, right? Was because we we get no mention of Mandalore in the original season uh, trilogy, correct? So like, 
from Rebels, right? Pretty much like what yeah. that was about 10, 10 years, five, six, seven years before before a new hope. And then we get that's the last time we see them. And then we get to see Mandalorian. We get to see Din. Yeah. And them. And then in that time period, that's about 30, 35, 30, 40 years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Something happened to where their cold culture kind of just got some big changes. So so that would be a very important connection right there. Like if they are, are still taking their helmets off, it didn't happen to them. But maybe they maybe right. they will be, you know, yeah, maybe it's a really interesting. Question. Maybe they're part of um, they're right along with you know, them. Like they don't take their helmets off. Found it. Obviously, a big question, too, is is the end of this episode. We get again, you know, you're listening now. So you spoiler alert, whatever. But we get a great scene of of there's a question of is Boba Fett alive? Because we see his armor and we see, you know, the marshal using it. We see Mando and the marshal speeding away after after fighting the great dragon. And we get this great reveal of a bald uh, guy turning around and it's the actor Timora Morrison who played Django in the, uh, the prequels. And it's like Boba Fett is alive and he is, he looks very pissed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it raises a huge question. So I just want to ask too, like guys, how do we feel about Boba Fett? Number one, being alive and two, looking like being a, an imposing presence in this season. Well, I actually have another question about that. Is that Boba Fett? Dad, you want Are to we that? sure? Could it That's be Captain true. Rex? <laughs> oh. Right. I mean, I don't know. Rex has to be dead. <laughs> There's no way Rex is alive right I think now. It, I think it'd be weird if, no... if the rumors are true. We're going to, you know, if the rumors really are true. Right now? That we're seeing Ahsoka, supposedly. We're seeing Sabine. Yeah. We're supposedly seeing Bo. We're getting the clones, or a clone, maybe, with Boba, but not Rex, who frequently traveled with Ahsoka and and Sabine, and maybe went under search for Ezra. Yeah. I just feel like he would be like, like okay, Boba's pretty old now, right? But the clones got what are, I guess the clones are even younger. Yeah, I guess right. I guess that's true. But the clones have uh, uh their whole elevated uh, enhanced aging thing. So like, that's that's true. Like I don't know, yeah. people were but very skeptical of the fact that they were even alive in Rebels. It's not a that it is Boba. I think that that's just I leapt to that so, because of the, you know, the presence that he, he has in the episode because of his armor and then seeing that it is Timor Morrison. And also, I didn't pick up on that right away, I think. You know, when he turns around he looks very different. But I was like this guy looks familiar and he's obviously going to be an important part. Oh, that's that's him. <laughs> right. There was no like significant like a, like facial features or like a, like a what am I saying clothing options you know like there was nothing there to say oh Boba wears yeah. that or Boba has that like, like is that the figure from I could tell sorry like you know other than just like ahead, who that ahead, was like is that so... is Boba the figure that we were seeing in season one right yeah right for Finnick. I think it has to be 
but who knows? I feel like that's something we're going to hopefully find out the next episode. Um, but who knows? Like, I mean, I feel like it has to be Boba for one, because Boba's armor was there. Two, it's Tatooine, and that's where, you know, he got eaten. And three, we all know Boba yeah. didn't die. Like, I mean, for one, in, in Legends, he, you know, he got out of the Sarlacc. Uh, and going forward, I'm Star Wars is, has been you recycling a lot of legends ideas you know they reintroduced thrawn into canon they have that they kind of uh picked and choose a couple different little things you know throughout for the pre uh sequel trilogy right um yeah. so i fully think that they're going to do the whole boba fett i mean we all thought this series was about boba fett so like for it not to happen for them to cast the person who played Django? Who is literally the clone for? Who it's a big it would swerve. look exactly yeah. like Boba Fett, and then here's not the thing too. So Boba Fett, I feel I'm like would just be a slap because in the face when he showed up, and even before you know when season two was coming out, it was a big thing. Like Boba might appear. I didn't know how I felt about that. And here's the thing with the Clone Wars bringing Darth Maul back. Initially, I was hesitant. Right, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, looking at it now. Darth Maul is like one of my favorite characters on that show. So if they go that direction with Boba Fett where he's not, here's what I don't want them to do. I don't want them to make him like the primary antagonist of season two. And they just kind of sideline Moff Gideon. I don't think that'll be the case, but if they go the route of like a Darth Maul character where he's back and he's pissed, I mean, Darth Maul is like a hundred percent rage. And I love that. And he has that rivalry going on with a lot of the characters we could do that with this, and that would be so cool, right? Like, having Boba, he obviously might have a rivalry with, with Cobb, having stolen his armor, you know? And then there will be a really interesting kind of back and forth between him and Mando. Because, I mean, the idea of Mando versus Mando, right? Like, we saw that in Season 1. We, we, it turned out better for him. But, I mean, just I, thinking about the headspace that Boba is in right now, is really intriguing. So the way they're handling it so far, you know, we don't even know if it is Boba. I'm okay with, I just, I, I will start to worry if he becomes like a major primary antagonist for the season. That's fair. And I, I really don't think he will, but that's a, that's a valid concern. Um, I'm I'm thinking right. like he's going to be in the next two episode, maybe one. Like I don't know if they're going to stay on Tatooine for three whole episodes, maybe. But um, I could definitely see it, him maybe being like a constant thorn yes. in Mando's side. You know, like you're saying, kind of like the Jesse and James to to his Ash, just kind of like popping up here and there. Like maybe, yeah, for sure, maybe he's going to have a hand in like something to try and derail him bringing uh, baby Keith home. Who knows? You know, I've heard a couple of people think that they're going to be friends, you know, that they're going to be all right. Because, I mean, for really, what what does Boba <laughs> have other than he just wants his armor? We really don't know what Boba's been up to. Is he just kind of been chilling? Is he working with anybody? Is he a, even a bounty hunter anymore? We don't That's know. True. So, like, this could all be setting up for them to be, I'll, like, I'll the best say, of like, friends. This and season, he's join I would the say group, this season you know? is the opportunity I for see that Boba happening. Fett to earn, like, the the infamy that he has in the original trilogy. I, 
<laughs> yeah, like I always was confused by that, right? Because I mean, I like Boba Fett. He's a for cool his, addition like, to those, all of six uh, lines of dialogue. I love the part in Empire where Vader's like, you know, no disintegration. That's a great. But the reason that works is because it's a, it's a like it's hinting, and we don't see it, so we really kind of have to put the pieces together ourselves. So he's kind of like this mythic character. But I was just like, why is he a fan favorite if he's in like five scenes, you know? But if we get this kind of aspect, if we get maybe a rivalry, if we get, like you said, him befriending Mando, then I think then he can easily become a fan favorite and it's earned. So I'm I'm cautiously very excited about what they're doing with this character. Yeah, I mean, close to what, it's 77, what, so close over to 40 close years, to 50 of, years in the in works, yeah. over six, 50 years. It's crazy. Good God, wow. Well, then, did we want to mention it's, anything it's else about uh, <laughs> I'm going to rewatch it probably after we we're done here. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really great way to start the season. I know that everyone was worried that they wouldn't be able to get the season out in time, you know, with the pandemic. So I'm really excited that we're, we're getting it. Um, yeah, I will just say, I know we're running out of time, but favorite line from this episode. I'll say mine and then you guys go real quick. Mine is, you won't die by my hand as he's leaving the guy that's strung up. Like, what a badass moment. Oh, yes. Oh, I love oh, that. that. That was so good. Fun. And, like, people were saying that they were thinking that might have been Lothal. Yes. And those were, like, maybe Lothcats yes. or Lothwolves or something. I don't know. I like, I mean, there was a, there's graffiti. I really, so I, like I don't really have a favorite line, but I love uh, that. What's your favorite line? Well, you know what? I guess Mando being frustrated at Timothy Oliphant for not just drinking the damn thing. <laughs> He's like, just drink it. Just drink it. It's like, and just the interaction between him and the Tuscan Raiders. It's just like, I, I don't want to drink this. Just <laughs> drink it. You, you know, I really that's a great line and a great parallel actually mm, to yes. the scene in episode two of season one where where Quill brings him to talk to the Jawas. He's kind of, you know, being a pain and not really cooperating, trying to break through this peace and negotiation it really, really shows like once again, how much Mandalorian's grown from then to, to this episode where he's the one kind of in Quill's spot trying to be the peacekeeper. And trying to keep, you know, Cobb like, hey, man, you know, just and yeah, so like I was just saying, I mean, I just love that parallel. And that's a really great, uh, great quote, because I mean, come on now, like, it's so brutal. He's not going to kill him himself, but he did the damage. He hung him up and everything. Uh, he knew those cats were coming. So that was pretty badass <laughs> of a line. What do you think, Bad? What's your favorite line of the episode? You know, I think my favorite line or part is probably just the interaction between the Marshal and the Tuscan Raiders. Just where and just where he's just trying to drink this thing and Mando is just like, just drink it. And he's like, no, no, I, I don't want to drink this thing. <laughs> and Mando is just like, just drink it. Like, it's for the good. It's like, just drink the damn thing. <laughs> It's a good it's a good moment. It's like there's a lot of humor in this episode and that's a that's one of the best ones. 
That's good. Um, all right. So, um, my favorite would probably be when uh, Gorkoresh tells um, Mando that uh, you know, you know, this is no place for a child. Wherever I go, he goes. Yeah, I love that. That that right there, just like, just shows you where they came from from that first scene where they they bond with the ET connection to to now. Like, that's his son. That is his. <laughs> child his child not the child is and uh he goes wherever he goes like he you know he doesn't leave them you know unless he leaves them in a little pouch on a speeder bike he goes <laughs> like he does right after he says that you know it's, it's no problem yeah he leaves he leaves him with aunt amy sedaris occasionally but other than that he's where he goes i go that's a great scene it's a little like I, it gotta mention that scene like yeah. they're just over him it's just like you know how much for him no, no i'm joking but no really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, um, that, that's a great scene of like the evolution of his relationship with the droids when they're you know she's like you know you know stay away from his ship you know he hates droids and he's like ah might as well let him take a crack at it like he's he's a little softer on droids now after ig <laughs> he really is and I, I love seeing the growth guys yeah okay then. yeah i think she even says just Oh, you like droids now. Oh, okay then. Right. He likes droids now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we could talk more and more about this episode, but uh, you know, if y'all like this episode, maybe we'll do a season two draft uh, at the end. Yes. You know, so let's go. Uh, Thad, thank you so much for joining us. You, uh, you were a great guest. Thank you guys for having me. It was an honor. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Uh, <laughs> this is the way. Uh, I believe we will be having Thad uh, on episode sometime in December. Uh, just to sneak peek of that one. Thad, you want to let them know what uh, what the draft will be? Uh, you know what? I'm not. I don't want to give it totally away, but uh, there might be some uh, some puppets. <laughs> <laughs> just expect <Okay>. puppets. <laughs> then that's all you get, folks. Puppets. <laughs> <laughs> um and once again guys if y'all had any feedback or questions if you had any great ideas for any future episodes hit us up at planet fantasy podcast at gmail.com and kyle any last words no man just a great episode and everyone go watch if you haven't watched i don't know how you haven't if you're listening to this episode but go watch it again <laughs> go watch it all right guys until next time see y'all see ya bye <laughs>